2: Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, some 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.
3: Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio.
4: Good Morning Football! What? What's up, bud? Stay Good done luck done today. Done. Stay safe, Jason. Stay healthy. Good hey, job, I'll be Great.
5: there. I'll be there too. Alright, alright,
3: alright.
4: Here we go. No! Come on! No! Right, Sludge! Green Daddy Sun! Let's go! Finish. Go finish! Go finish! That was big. That
5: was great. That
4: was great! great, great job today, bud. Good, Good buddy. luck to wrestle okay? It's a battle, baby. Good point. Always battle, man. of course, man. Yeah, Good job. luck to wrestle okay? You bet
6: that, Maddie. No, doubt. Right. for you. Okay, wait. So Matt Ryan went where? And then Marcus Mariota's back, and he's playing. And then Jameis, is he. Here it is, right here on Good Morning Football. Quarterbacks run the league. we got you covered. Tom Pellicero, break it down for us momentarily. Kyle Brandt is here. Maurice Jones drew living legends around me today, as our uh, producer Grillo would say in my ear to kick off the show. Let's get to it, guys. So much to talk about. It's Tuesday. We are live. We are at home. But that doesn't mean that we're not going to dig into it for the next three hours. We're going to talk Jameis. Mike Singletary is on our program. We'll talk Deion Sanders and his impact. But let's get to it, Tom Pellicero. What's going on? Matt Ryan trade. Mariota back. Jameis brought back. What do you got?
7: Well, this is really Lee Block all fallout from the Deshaun Watson trade. Remember, the Falcons were in on Watson, at one point thought that they were getting Watson, and through that process, it became very clear that both the Falcons and their longtime quarterback Matt Ryan were both ready to move on. Now, the Falcons and Colts had actually been talking last week before the Watson trade. The price at that time was too high for Indianapolis, but they continued to talk through the course of the weekend and agreed to terms on Monday on a trade. Ryan going to the Colts for a 2022 third round draft pick. Meanwhile, the Falcons were already in negotiations with Marcus Mariota, who agrees to a two-year $18.75 million contract. I got to look at that contract this morning. It's really a one-year $6.75 million deal with a $12 million option for 2023, very much setting up Mariota as a potential bridge to a rookie quarterback that the Falcons could draft. This year. And meanwhile, the Saints, of course, also were in on Deshaun Watson, but Plan B was always Jameis Winston. He performed at maybe the highest level of his career last season before suffering a torn ACL. He's coming back on a two year, $28 million deal that includes $21 million guaranteed. There was interest from other teams, including the Colts, but Winston returns to New Orleans, okay?
6: Appreciate you, Tom, and of course, a bit of a message. An indictment, some might say, on Baker Mayfield's value as he is still there. There's two teams I can think of that still need quarterbacks. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, Jimmy Garoppolo, the concerns about his injury, I think, probably are bigger than uh, originally imagined. We'll get to that. The big news is Matt Ryan's the Colts quarterback. Let's take a look at how he looks in those blue and whites. There he is, starting QB, right. a veteran presence. They've tried this before with Philip Rivers. Maybe it'll be different here with a former MVP. Looking good, QB1. This is a team that was one win away from a playoff berth last season. Kyle, how big of an upgrade do you think Matt Ryan is over Carson Wentz?
3: Well, first of all, I'm really happy for Matt Ryan. This is exciting. Late in his career, he gets the move, go to a new city and a very exciting offense, good coach. Um, But as far as the Colts fans, I look at their team last year and I don't think it was as much about what they needed to add as it was about what they needed to get rid of, to purge, uh, to vomit, if you will. And I have to start with this. And this is a little bit of graphic content here. Parental advisory has suggested if there's young viewers here, you might wanna look away. This is what they're trying to get rid of. This play right here, this is inexcusable. This is what Matt Ryan is not going to do. That is a quarterback who is now on the Commanders. That is the worst play probably of last season, maybe of any season, and it happened in a divisional game which they ended up losing in overtime. That is a terrible, terrible, uh, just unspeakable play that Matt Ryan is not gonna make. Matt Ryan's thrown tons of interceptions, he's gonna throw tons more probably, but not like that. And now the Colts have a quarterback where, while I am not planning a parade for them, I am saying they know what they're getting every single week. Matt Ryan is solid and consistent and if that sounds a little patronizing, maybe it is. I'll go further. I look at this for the Colts, Matt Ryan is the equivalent of screen time for your kids. It's not necessarily the best idea I've ever heard, but it's effective, it pacifies them, it gets the job done, and if you do it right, maybe they learn a little something. So they have screen time, the kids are quiet, they hand the ball off, they play defense, and we'll see if maybe in the post-Matthew Stafford to the Rams world, Matt Ryan to the Colts can get crazy in the AFC. I think the Colts are a better team today than they were yesterday.
5: Yeah, well, I was going to ask Tom this first. Like, what was going to be too expensive to not have Matt Ryan, right? How did you go from not having a quarterback, a starting caliber quarterback on your roster, saying, well, the price is too high to get a guy like Matt Ryan? I don't know what that could be. Maybe it was a couple first. I don't know. But this is the thing. The Colts are better. And I believe the Colts have a chance to win the division with Matt Ryan. Just like Kyle said, he is consistent. And that's what you're looking for as a quarterback, especially for the Colts. The Colts don't need a world beater. They have a great defense. They have a phenomenal offensive line, a really good running game, and they have a very, very capable receivers coached by our old colleague Reggie Wayne of the NFL Network. So they have pieces in place to go and win. And what I, what I love about this move is that Matt Ryan gets an opportunity to play with a talented team that he's played with, that he probably hasn't played with in the last couple of years. And then he has a, a running game he can lean on and a defense that gets turnovers. I haven't seen that since they went to the Super Bowl uh, when he was in Atlanta. So, mm-hmm. Matt Ryan, as long as you're consistent, as long as you don't throw the game away, the Colts are built to win now. And I think congratulations to Chris Ballard. He must be living right because after not having a quarterback for you know, a couple weeks, you find a way to get – a guy who can win games and is what and has won the big one. So uh congratulations to the Colts fans. I, I like this move. I think his decision making is huge. And I think Matt Ryan is just a great add to the Indianapolis Colts.
7: Maurice, to answer your question, the Falcons initially were looking for a second round pick and an additional pick for Matt Ryan. And you're right, there's no price too high if you get a franchise quarterback, but Matt Ryan is older in his career and what Colts GM Chris Ballard didn't want to get into the habit of doing was investing tons of draft capital year after year as well as cash in quarterbacks and going through this constant churn. So the fact that they end up settling at a third-round pick, take a look if you combine the Carson Wentz trade to the Commanders and then the Matt Ryan trade from the Falcons. The Colts get five picks higher in the second round, they get nine picks higher in the third round. They pick up an extra third round pick next year that'll probably go to a second if Carson Wentz just plays three quarters of the games, and they get Matt Ryan instead of Carson Wentz. So whatever you believe in terms of how much of an upgrade this is, the Colts actually gain draft capital out of all this. And by the way, Matt Ryan's salary is lower than Carson Wentz's salary this season. So it's a coup for the Colts. You can't always design this stuff, but as Chris Ballard was figuring out a way to move on from Carson Wentz and just make it work. This was about the best possible scenario he could have come up with. Both these guys we've seen play at an MVP level. Carson Wentz in 2017 before his torn ACL obviously hasn't played to that level since. Matt Ryan won the MVP back in 2016. This might be the best situation that Matt Ryan has been since that season after Kyle Shanahan left Mm -hmm. and they went through different play callers, different offenses, going to the Colts with that running game, with that defense You can't help but be excited about that if you're a Colts fan.
6: He's a steady hand. He's a respected leader, an MVP. It all makes sense. The Colts get their guy, and of course, now it's what do you do with it? What do you do to surround him with the most more, with more talent to get it done? Because I don't know that this move makes them better than the Titans to me, and that's what I have to feel going into the season. So they need to shore up and do some more things and get a left tackle. I don't know what they're doing. Are they getting Armstead as Fisher potentially in talks there? Uh, so they're getting this guy who's going to be great in the locker room. He's 37. He's going to be an absolute pro. If you look at the, it's worth pointing out Matt Ryan over the past few years. There is a bit of a decline. The splits are there. Let's take a look here. There's a drop-off. The one that really jumps out to me is 24 touchdowns to 12 interceptions that he's averaged over the last three or so. Carson, as we all know and I say it every other day on the show, seven picks last year, just seven. And I know that Matt Ryan had a lot more on his shoulders and Wentz did last year. Wentz was sheltered in the way they ran the offense. It is worth thinking about because here's how I look at it. He's 37, and I don't want to fall into this trap. We can, we can come back on camera now. This is the splits. They're ugly. We don't like them. He's there's this this um, thing that's happening in our league where it's Russell Wilson can play until he's forty five. He's saying it, and he's only thirty seven. Not everyone is Tom Brady, and Tom Brady is well on his way to do that, and he made a business out of wanting to play until 45. And I'm not saying that Matt Ryan doesn't take care of his body or any other veteran quarterbacks do, but there's a statistical fall-off that is worth noting and worth talking about. And not only that, the wear and tear on Matt Ryan is so different than that of Tom Brady, even just in a vacuum. Matt Ryan, we always talk about how many sacks... Russell Wilson absorbs Ryan is so much worse he had 129 over the last three years that is 60 more than Brady he's not the most mobile in the pocket that's something Tom Brady has improved over the years so those are the things that we have to consider now is there a better place for Matt Ryan than Indy absolutely not run heavy offense hopefully protect him get a left tackle secured figure that out but it's worth noting that he is 37. There's a bit of a decline. Sorry to bring it up. uh, But with run game and good defense, hopefully they get it going. All right. Huge week, guys, for Pro Days. We got you covered all day long here on NFL Network. Do not change the channel. We got you. Path to the Draft. Pro Day Edition, 1 p.m. Eastern, covering Malik Willis. Oh, I can't wait to see this. Uh, Liberty quarterback. Then tomorrow we've got Ole Miss to watch. Matt Corral at 4 p.m. Eastern. It's Path to the Draft Pro Day special today at 1 right here on NFL Network. Two superstar receivers. One staying, one on the, the way out. How much do their quarterbacks have to do with it? Really? Big deal or no big deal is next. And, yes, we'll get to Jameis. And, yes, we'll get to Mariota. Welcome back to Good Morning Football. It's Pro Day season. Kenny Pickett was out on the field yesterday at Pittsburgh's Pro Day. One topic that, of course, came up was his hand size, Eight and a half. Is it a big deal? Is it a deal breaker? Well, Aditi Kinkawala caught up with him
2: during that workout. All right, we have to talk about the hands. Yeah. And your mom promised me that you're from Jersey, just like me, so yep. we're tough and we yeah, know how to yeah, laugh. Yeah, yeah. Your hand grew an eighth of an inch it, today. It
3: did, it did. It, <laughs> it grew from the whole start of the process to, um, you know, working the stretches that I said I was going to be doing, so obviously they worked. Um, but, yeah, just part of the process, I guess.
2: Is it, is it something that bothers you, or do you feel like you put those questions to bed? Yeah,
3: hopefully put the questions to bed. You know, if people have more questions, I mean, don't know what else to say, what else to do. Um, but, yeah, it is what it is.
6: It is what it is. Is right. Time for a little big deal or no big deal. Kenny Pickett's hand size measured an eighth of an inch larger at his pro day. This matters, apparently, uh, than he did at the 2022 Scout and Combine. Is that a big deal or a no big deal, MJD? And we should note that there are some quarterback needy teams that were present at that pro day.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, I don't think it's a big deal. I mean, he his, has his small hands. It's just part of his deal. Uh, he wears gloves. He's fine. I'll give you a quick story. When I was at the combine, I measured it at five, six, and three fourths or something crazy like that, which I was like, that's ridiculous. A lie. There's no way I'm five, six. Mm-hmm. Then I go on my Pro Day and I was like, five, seven and a half. So I was like, come on, what are we doing? Hey, what are we doing at the combine? <laughs> Un- unrealistic. So go out there, perform, you're fine. Don't worry about all the other things. Throw the ball the way you threw it at your pro day. Uh, do those workouts that you'll be doing, and Kenny Pickett will be fine.
7: And now this vision of Maurice with lifts in his shoes at his pro day. I'm sure there's a controversy. No, not somewhere. at all. He no
3: shoes, Tom. There. No <laughs> shoes. Or just high heels. <laughs> yes,
7: Here's the thing with with Kenny Pickett and the hand size, okay? There's never been a quarterback taken in the first round of the draft with smaller than nine-inch hands. That's always kind of the baseline for NFL teams. It has to do with how well you can grip the ball, how well you can spin it when you get into cold weather or when the ball is a little bit more slick. Uh, But you've had guys like Joe Burrow, who is right at the line, right at nine inches, who ends up going number one overall and has proven to be a pretty good quarterback. With Kenny Pickett, the eighth of an inch, whatever it is, that's that's a negligible type of a difference. But Pickett took me through this at the Senior Bowl. He has an issue where his thumbs are, he referred to them as double-jointed. It's not traditional double-jointed like you'd think of it, but his thumb is at a weird angle when it's in its natural resting position. So when he lays it flat... On the table, it measures in smaller than a normal hand would, about eight and a half inches. But I was told when he wraps it around the football, if he's holding the ball and you measure the hand, it comes in closer to nine and a half inches because the thumb angle. So in the end, every team is going to have to figure out whether or not this matters. I saw tweets that Scott Fitterer, the Panthers GM, called him over and looked at mm-hmm. what it looks like when he's got his hand wrapped around the football. This may sound silly, but it's all about traits. That's what scouting is, comparing traits, figuring out what plays in the league. There's never been a guy with this size hands taken in round one. That doesn't preclude Kenny Pickett from being the first.
3: Tom, that's an incredible breakdown. I love the, the the thumb angle. Like, we are deep in it now. And the only thing I don't like about what you said, Tom, is this insinuation that this is silly. This is not... Ask Trevor Lawrence if this is silly now that the Jags are going to take him number one overall because of this one-eighth extension. Come on now! You, don't you love it, hand-sized Twitter? This is a revelation. One-eighth of an inch. That's That's 3.2 millimeters longer. And to your point, MJD... Pitt has to pick him up a little bit more, only an eighth of an inch. The hometown measurement is supposed to be way more verbose. Way, I, I thought we were going to get at least an inch. And believe me, in this draft, if people are sitting here at the end of the first, middle of the first, trying about and thinking about moving up, maybe somebody who doesn't have a quarterback yet. It's not like they're gonna make or break their decision, but there will be someone in the room who brings up hand size as a, as a tiebreaker or as a deal breaker. If it's Pickett and another guy and they're like, I don't know, that hand size thing. There is a whole hand size mafia. There's people that we respect who really think it is a massive part of the game and I'm, I kind of cameo in that mafia because listen, I, I mean, I'm classically trained in hand size in the mid 2000s on Rex Grossman and it's not so much the throwing. It's the I'm dropped back to pass. And let's say Miles Garrett or Aaron Donald's paw goes across my forearm. Do I fumble or not? Does an eighth of an inch make a difference between a strip sack and a punt? Because if I believe that and I, st- I worship in the church of hand size, then yes, Cody Pickett had a big day yesterday. And there are people out here who do. It might make a difference.
6: All right, Kenny Pickett for the win at GMFB. I will say Mike Tomlin in the building. You mentioned Fitterer, and uh, Matt Rule was there as well. Not a super far distance, of course, for Tomlin to drive and make it out. But interesting that they're both in in attendance. They looked interested, and he threw the ball pretty well. So that's what should matter. Chris Godwin, guys, he talked to our very own Sarah Walsh. That was yesterday after signing his brand-new deal with the Buccaneers. So how much did Brady's return have to do with that? Uh, You can tweet us at GMFB. Here is Sarah with more
5: changes everything uh, he's like everyone knows like you know the player like that tom is you know he you know it's, it's like the birdie like, effect you know guys want to come and play with him they want to come in and have the opportunity to win you know championships and obviously we have great guys here already you know we have three players on offense and defense great leaders and then you add that piece back in the mix and it's like, like who else wants to come be a part of it um so i was elated you know i'm, I'm gassed up i'm still gassed up and Shoot, I mean, we, we've already been at this for two years now, and it's only going to keep going up from here.
6: Let's talk a little wide receiver quarterback action here, Tom. Yeah. Chris Godwin telling Sarah Walsh that he decided to come back because of Tom Brady. On the other hand, Devonte Adams. Uh, decided he wants to leave Green Bay and he wants to leave the reigning MVP, four-time MVP, Super World Champion Aaron Rodgers, even when he was offered eventually, at the last minute that matters, more money to stay. So when comparing the optics, the perception, which is very important in International Football League, is this a big deal or no big deal, Tom?
7: Well, far be it for me, Kay, to doubt what Chris Godwin says. But let's be honest, he was franchise tagged. He couldn't have left anyway. Mm -hmm. He's coming off a torn ACL that he just had reconstructed in January, so he may not even be ready for the start of this season. And he got a three-year, $60 million deal that allows him to get back to free agency when he's going to be 29 years old. It's a no-brainer type of a contract to accept, well-negotiated. It makes sense for both sides. Does it help that Tom Brady's the quarterback? Of course, but you have no idea if by year two of that three-year deal that Tom Brady's even going to be there. And with regard to Devontae Adams, it wasn't a rift between Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Adams soured with the organization when contract talks broke off last August, and yes, the Packers eventually came in, were willing to offer the same type of money, but at that point, Adams had moved on in his mind to the Raiders. I, I think that it has very little to actually do. It's fun stuff to say, I came back for my guy. Three years, 60 million, and you were tagged anyway. You couldn't have left. I, I don't really know what we're talking about here.
5: Yeah, Tom, <laughs> I, I completely agree with you <laughs> on that. I mean, listen, it's, it's Tom Brady. I would come out of retirement to go play with Tom Brady. Let's, let's just do that because you have a great chance a high probability of winning a championship. But I would do the same thing for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, if Aaron Rodgers called me right now was like, hey, Maurice, let's see, it's 422 a.m. Hey, look, we need a third back. I'd be like, all right, give me a couple weeks. Let me get right. Let me come out of retirement. Now, the other part of this, Kay, and Kyle and Tom, is I have to negotiate with either the Green Bay Packers or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I may rather, you know, go with Tampa Bay because they love their players. They love to pay them early. They talked about it after they won their last Super Bowl. You're not going anywhere. Or in the words of Bruce Arians, you ain't going anywhere. We're going to keep everybody. And so they paid their guys. They did everything they wanted to do. It doesn't come down to the quarterback. It comes down to the organization, the way people are felt, or the way people feel they're treated. Devontae Adams, like uh, like Tom said, was like, hey, man, you guys aren't treating me the right way, so I'm going to go ahead and leave. It had zero to do with Aaron Rodgers, even though I know there's a lot of guys in the National Football League that I probably like to play for both quarterbacks.
3: Yeah, I, I, I am very amused here on Tuesday morning that Maurice would only need a couple of weeks to get ready to play with Tom Brady. Maurice, <laughs> I guess you've been getting in, dude. You look great. Um, listen, it's it's if we were doing the true apples to apples, I like the bicep, too. So Devonte goes back to play with his college quarterback. I'd really be interested in how interesting, how interested Chris Godwin would be in going back to play with Trace McSorley, his college quarterback, who I think was on the Cardinals last year. That's not really on the table. I think the crux of this is, is it interesting that someone wants to go back and play with Brady and maybe he doesn't want to go back and play with Rodgers? Totally unfair, probably, but there's also a little bit of that. I also think if it was the Tampa Bay Packers... And they're down in Florida and it's beautiful and the state taxes and all that. Might this also be a different conversation? I think Green Bay is still sort of a tough sell to young players for a myriad of reasons. And maybe one of which is Rodgers. I don't think it's a huge deal. I just, I would only share an anecdote about the power of Brady and NFL honors. Uh, got to talk to Mike Evans came by. Everybody loves big Mike. Great guy, great player. And uh, we, of course, hammered him with Tom Brady questions and he was such a good sport about it. And as he walked away, I said, you know what, Mike, at some point, at some point in your career, you won't have to be asked about your quarterback because it was always about Johnny football, then Jameis. And now it's always about Brady. And he's like, you know what? I love talking about Tom Brady, man. Anytime I'll talk about Tom Brady, it's totally cool. So I think that is the allure. And I thought that spoke volumes.
6: I think it's a big deal, to your point. Kyle, sometime in like 2028, maybe, you'll be talking to our producers. On this show, and you'll say, "I need a cut up because Brady retired, and I want to talk about his legacy. Why is he a Hall of Famer? Why he's the greatest mm-hmm. of all time?" And it'll be because he lured players out of retirement. And you'll look, you'll find that Sarah Walsh bite, you know, and it'll be part of the montage of the many players that we've heard want to play with him. And there will be no negativity ever about Tom Brady from any former player. So it's less about Aaron Rodgers and what goes on with him, but this does bolster the legacy and what he is because we've never heard. A single negative thing. In fact, you know, Brady leaves money on the table to make sure others get paid and all of that. You hear about these phone calls and these conversations. You don't really hear about that with Aaron Rodgers. Maybe in bringing Randall Cobb back and that's fair, but I think it's more about how special Tom Brady is and nothing against Aaron Rodgers. We've got uh, something else to get you here very quickly. There's a last impromptu one I wanted to bring. Um, MJD, we're getting... Somebody get MJD some coffee? And then someone else Mm -hmm. said hold on, said, let's see here, wake up, MJD. Now, MJD, wake up. I also just heard you say, this is literally what MJD said in the commercial break before we came on air. He said, just so you guys know, it's kind of windy here, so if my power gets knocked out and I can't do the show, it's not, it's just what's yeah. happening. So, like, are you just, what, what's up?
5: It's 4.20 in the morning. What? what I, I don't understand when people <laughs> talk about wake up. Most people are asleep, right? Now. Well, yeah.
3: <laughs>
5: <laughs> and it's, uh, it's good. My my internet's going in and out as I'm, I'm telling you now. The the mics keep going in and oh, out. Oh yeah, I
3: hate that. It's
5: it's all over the place. Mm. Listen, it's it's we're we're gonna fight through this adversity that we have right now, and we're gonna we're gonna keep continue to be champions for good. Good. Anything else? That's right what I like
6: you. to hear. Kyle and I have both oh, done it. Kyle area. and I have taken that cord that's in the wall and yanked it when we want to get off the show early. It's a thing. It Oops. happens. Talk about a Tuesday. Yep, here mm-hmm. it is, Tommy. You get to go first.
7: I first covered the NFL in 2003, which would mean this coming season will be 20 years of covering the NFL. And I have never seen two weeks in the offseason with more trade madness than we just had. Let's run through it here. Just to recap, this is all in the past two weeks, starting out March 8th. Russell Wilson traded from Let's the Seahawks go. to the Broncos for two first-round picks, two second-round picks, three players and a partridge and a pear tree. The next day, Carson Wentz traded from the Colts <laughs> to the Commanders for draft picks. March 10th, the day after that, Khalil Mack traded from the Bears to the Chargers. Two days later, March 12th, Amari Cooper traded from the Cowboys to the Browns. March 16th, Yannick Ngakwe traded as he is every year, this time from the Raiders to the Colts. The next day, Devontae Adams, one of the big ones from the Packers to the Raiders for draft picks. The next day, Deshaun Watson traded from the Texans to the Browns for a boatload of draft picks. Actually ended up being six overall selections. And then yesterday, Matt Ryan traded from the Falcons to the Colts for a third round pick in this year's draft. According to NFL research, the players traded this season combined for 33 Pro Bowl selections, which is the most Pro Bowl selections by in any officially seven-day span since trades couldn't become official to last Wednesday, the most since at least 1994. This has been absolutely wild. And by the way, we are not done yet.
3: Ah, Tom, that was great. And you were a huge part of it. Congratulations on 20 years. I will pick up with uh, where you ended there. I want to talk about Matt Ryan for a second, because this is the way this works, and it happened again yesterday. Big Matt Ryan news or any Matt Ryan news comes out, hits uh, social media, and you give it about three minutes, sometimes two minutes, and here they come. Here, this person, Jake Query, the Colts scoring leaders for the last two respective seasons, Jonathan Taylor and Rodrigo Blankenship. Easy for Matt to remember, they're 28 and three. And there's a million. Yeah. The, the Falcons should have waited until Monday, three twenty-eight, to trade Matt Ryan. Blah, 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 blah. More, more, more. All the 28-3 to 3 jokes. Matt Ryan is easily worth 28 third-round picks. That's from punished Mitt Romney. And uh, Indianapolis needs to offer Matt Ryan $28. <laughs> $28.3 million from Lousy Smarch Madness. And that is four of 4,000 that came out yesterday. Can we revisit this for a second? Because now that he's leaving Atlanta, I think we have to. Falcons... Patriots, Super Bowl. A lot of blame goes around. A lot on Kyle Shanahan. Very, very little on Matt Ryan. If you're blaming him for that, you are wrong. That's right. Let's go to the end of the game. There's five minutes and change. The Falcons are up eight. This is what Matt Ryan refers to as the play to win the Super Bowl. He makes it. Makes a killer throw on the run. Julio Jones does the rest. They are on the 22-yard line, up eight, under five to go would have been a 39 yard field goal to go up 11 if they don't gain another yard, it's over. But two plays later, go on, Kyle Shanahan's back there dialing up passes. The line gets beat. Matt Ryan is gonna get sacked. He loses 12 yards. So they're totally screwed, right? And it's the biggest meltdown of all time. No, 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 no. On the next play, it's third and 23. Matt Ryan says, to hell with this. I'm going to win this game. He hits Mohamed Sanu to put them back in a gimme field goal range. Crisis averted. They're going up 11. They're going to Disney World. Matt Ryan's Super Bowl champ. Alas, offensive holding on the play. It comes back. They punt. The defense gives up a 91-yard drive and the two-point conversion. Ryan never gets the ball in overtime. The 28-3 meltdown is complete, and the jokes haven't stopped since. Again, awful meltdown. The Falcons should wear that. That was not a Matt Ryan thing. Matt Ryan did not throw an interception in that game. He threw six incompletions in that game. The Falcons defense gave up a total of 24 first downs and then 346 yards in the second half alone. It is a lame, low hanging, dumb joke that you should stop making. Um, they're not funny anymore, and you know what the worst part is? They're not even true. If you're still making 28-3 to 3 jokes about Matt Ryan as he starts this new phase of his career, the joke is on you. That's it. Get him, Kyle. Uh, you tell him. Uh,
6: talk yeah, I was going to say,
3: the
5: only reason Matt Ryan gets it, he's the face of the franchise, that's all. It's okay. It comes with the territory. Oh, well, You get all the money, you get all the jokes. Uh, okay, what I'm going to talk about is the mindset of Pro Day, and we're going to go to running back Brees Hall out of Iowa State. This is the thing. You He he's, he did everything he needed to do with the combine. The pro day is just to kind of solidify and check all the boxes off. So you just want to go out there. You want to look athletic. Uh, you want to do all the drills. You want to catch all the passes. You want to look smooth. You want to continue to show that you're in great shape. I remember when I was in pro day uh, at UCLA a long time ago, and it, it might have been the hardest workout of my life because I worked out for four hours, four and a half hours straight, of catching passes, doing running back routes, catching punch with uh, John Harbaugh, who had me like spin around four times, have a ball in one hand, run and catch the other ball. Like it's all these different things. Coaches just trying to wear you out to see if you can do it, and if you're willing to do it. It's all a mindset game. To me, Brees Hall is one. Uh, he's one of the top guys in the draft. He has an opportunity to kind of solidify himself in the back end of that first round, possibly being uh, getting drafted. You know what? Go out there with a the great mindset. Uh, that you're going to dominate this this pro day, and, and you'll you'll do it. And, and again, it's understand they're trying to get you tired. The whole purpose is to see you work under pressure or, or under a, um, a not, I guess, advantageous mindset or, or, mm-hmm. or environment. And all you got to do is go out there and play well. You'll be fine.
6: Let's talk about this. I brought it up in this, these terms. Matt Ryan, am I excited about it? Sure. But is it enough? Are they better than the Titans? That's what they have to be. They have some money to play with. Of course they do that they haven't spent. Is it enough for them to dethrone King Henry and the Titans in the AFC South, MGD
5: Well, I'll say this, Kay. Uh, I, I, I believe it is. But if it isn't, is it enough to beat Jacksonville at the, the last game of the year to go to the playoffs last year? I think so. Right. I believe oh. that... If Matt Ryan is there, the, the Colts are in the playoffs and they're a team that no one wants to play because of the way they run the ball and they play defense. And so if you're Chris Ballard and you're this organization, or if you're these players, Matt Ryan, you come in with a different hope, a different belief. Like, hey, he's done it before. He's a, he's accomplished in the National Football League. He doesn't make mistakes. Um, and, and, and all the times you see him, he's even keeled. There's no high and low. There's no roller coasters. I get motion sickness, so I would prefer that as well. Um, and this is the thing. He's going to be that calming effect in in the huddle where I felt like last year when Carson Wentz would make mistakes, we would hear. And I don't know if you guys watched the little in season hard knocks, but he would go to Frank Wright and be like, I'm OK, I'm OK. And Frank was like, I know you're OK. Mm-hmm. And so he was still dealing with trauma from the <laughs> Eagles. Right. So this you don't even have that issue here with Matt Ryan. It's going to kind of be a clean slate. He'll be ready to go.
3: Yeah, this is, this is Matty Ice. That, that's not just a catchy nickname. We've seen enough mic'd up packages with him over the year to know that Matt Ryan will yell at a receiver when a receiver needs yelled at. Like, he, he is perhaps flawed as a quarterback in some ways, but not as a leader. He really isn't. And the question about the South, let's just, let's back up for a second. The Colts, the 2022 Colts. Are they as good as the guys in the West and in the North? No, probably not. But who cares? They don't have to. They play in the South. He is immediately better than Carson Wentz. I think he's the best quarterback in the division. And I think he is worth at least another win, if not two, if not three. And they've got this thing here where they're a little bit like the Bills are set up, where the West, the quarterbacks are so good. It's going to be tough if you can sit in your little vacation spot in the south and maybe get a little fat on some teams that are still building something, that's how you end up winning the division. That's how not only the division, that's how you're like, oh my god, the Colts got a home game in the playoffs. The Colts got two. This is a very, very good core of players, and I don't think that they're done, and we're going to see how they draft, and they usually draft really well. So what it comes down to, are they better than the Titans? I don't know. Is Matt Ryan better than Ryan Tannehill? I think he is. Let's be honest, guys. Ryan Tannehill left us with a really, really bad taste in our mouth, an abysmal performance, and a loss to the Bengals, a game they would have won if he was just average, average, and they win that game. And he was terrible. Terrible. And I don't take pleasure in saying it, but we all saw it. I do think, and look, I'm not making a prediction right now that the Colts win the South. I think that they're much better than last year, and I think they have the best quarterback in the division, and that's as good as we can do in March. I like how they're set up in that division.
7: Part of the challenge for Carson Wentz taking over in Indianapolis last year was he followed Philip Rivers, a guy with a huge personality everyone gravitates Mm -hmm. toward, everybody in the building fell in love with. And that's not an indictment of Carson Wentz. Their leadership styles, their personalities are just so different. Matt Ryan is a lot closer to Philip Rivers than he is to Carson Wentz. And certainly in terms of play style, the Colts feel like they don't need a quarterback to single-handedly win games hand the ball off to Jonathan Taylor, throw to the receivers who become open off play action because everybody thinks you're handing the ball to Jonathan Taylor, play to the defense. Those are the opportunities that are going to be there. And if we can pull up the graphic again on what the Colts got in aggregate between the trades of Carson Wentz to the Commanders and then making the trade with Matt Ryan, really you're talking about upgrading your pick in the second round. You're upgrading your pick in the third round. You're also getting an additional pick in 2023 that is probably going to become a second-round pick next year. And you get a guy in Matt Ryan who comes cheaper than Carson Wentz would have been in terms of cash. All of which is to say this wasn't Chris Ballard and company going out and making another huge move and spending all kinds of draft capital. Look at it. They actually gained draft capital to get a former NFL MVP. We saw the stats earlier between Matt Ryan, what he was doing several years ago, what he's done the past few years, he's had four different play callers in that time, from Kyle Shanahan to Steve Sarkeesian to Dirk Cutter to Arthur Smith. Get him some stability, get him a running game, get him a supporting cast. That's what he's got in Indy.
6: He has a running game. He has a solid core, like Kyle is saying. I actually don't think they have enough draft picks to fix some of the problems that they have. I like Matt Ryan, but if you want me to compete with Derek Henry and company, you're going to have to hit free agency. I've dug into this team, I think, more than all of the others because it was just obvious. This is the team that's going to spend the most and the one I'm going to have to talk about on Good Morning Football the most because they have the most money and they want to win and they're going to go get a quarterback and they dealt their one who was very expensive away. So I I had like a plan for them for what to do. Get Teron Armstead. They do have issues to fix, and they can fix them in free agency. I don't know why they don't. And I don't care that they draft well necessarily uh, perennially or historically. Go do it. You need a left tackle. Matt Ryan is going to get sacked. Wear and tear already. He gets hit all of the time. He's not going to move back there. He's not a finesse guy. So you need to protect him. Your left tackle spot. What are you going to do? Are you going to add Toron Armstead? He was waiting apparently, reportedly, to see where Deshaun Watson was going to go. Okay, are you going to are you going to make it work with Eric Fisher somehow? And then I look at the receiver spot. They don't have a receiver outside Michael Pittman that has played any meaningful snaps so maybe do they go get a Julio Jones I'd love to see that reunite him with Matt Ryan see if that can happen Darius Leonard certainly wants that to happen and I'm with him or add a Jarvis Landry you need a receiver I think it should be a veteran I think it should be in free agency and I love the front seven I love Yannick Ngakwe but I don't know. I think the secondary still has a lot of questions in Indy. So the fact that they don't pick until the second round, they just give up one of their third rounders. They have some later picks. They don't have this premium draft capital to go do it. So God, let's go, Ballard. Let's go get some pieces and really go all in. If you want me to feel well, you have to play your off-season cards right the rest of the season.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired.
1: Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
8: Hey, man! Or even if it's flop, Look at him lifting up. If it's plop over there and Sterling Sharp is on the inside guy, you got to be on him. Ronnie, when you're going, man, get there. Oh, I'm going to get there, baby. Get there. Get on him! Get on him! No, no, no. Check Pro! Check Pro! Coming out! Coming out! Frank, Ronnie! Me and you, Jimmy! No! Move down! Move down! You don't have to hold me. Hold you, man. Come on. You know you held me I like this kind of party. I like this kind of party, baby. All right.
3: Ah, we love this kind of party. How good is that? That gentleman is coming on the show right now. He is a legend. He is a Super Bowl champ. He went to 10 Pro Bowls, and he is a Hall of Famer. Mike Singletary, we are so excited to have you back on Good Morning Football, and we have to get right into it. We watched the vintage footage. We love the screaming and the leadership. Mike, there's a lot of theories about this out there. Why did you get the name
8: Samurai Mike? Where did it come from? Settle it once and for all. Uh, Samurai came from me making a a lot of noise. I I always made noise. I mean, either I'm making a call, I'm I'm trying to make an adjustment, or if if I'm hitting somebody, it was always, you know, "Ah!" you know, something like that. And and the guy (laughs) made fun of it, and and, uh, we we had a lot of fun with it. Uh,
6: An honor to be joined by such a legend once again on Good Morning Football, Mike. Good to see you. Uh, 1985 was a long long time ago yet somehow this 1985 bear squad has withstood the test of time the game has changed offense over defense all of that the speed the size of the players rules even what is it about the 90 the 1985 bear squad that has withstood the test of time why such magic
8: Well, first of all, I I agree with you. It was a long time ago, Um, but I I think uh, more (laughs) than anything else, we we just had a lot of guys that were their own guys. I mean, we were we were crazy. We we uh, we had fun. We uh, we played the game in such a way that it uh, it it just there was not a lot left to think about. Uh, We we expressed every feeling, every thought. Uh, Everything, sometimes the fans were thinking uh, we expressed it on the field. And uh, we had fun doing it.
6: And you expressed it before games as well. Take me back to that magical night before Super Bowl Twenty. It was the night before the meetings. Your defensive coordinator, Buddy Ryan, he made a speech. What was it and how did the teammates react?
8: Well, um, it was... um, It was just one of those, uh, one of those nights, uh, you know, first of all, it was his last night as the um, coach of the Bears. And um, we had talked before the the meeting as we always did. And, and it was a little bit different. And then the last thing he said was, you guys will always be my heroes. And he left the room. And when he left the room, I, I'm looking around, I'm like, what the heck was that? And, um, you know, Dan Hampton throws the chair, and Steve McMichael knocks down the camera, and um, it was um, it was on. We we were ready to play, and and um, we, I mean, it was ready to go.
5: All right, Mike. Uh, listen, you you had a tremendous career, but one of your teammates uh, obviously had another one in Walter Payton, and there's an award that I was nominated for Walter Payton Man of the Year. Um, kind of what was his his what was it like? Why was he so beloved in the community of Chicago? Talk about some of the things he did off the field uh, throughout your playing time with him.
8: Uh, the first thing about uh, Walter is he, he was a great person um, and he really exemplified what a lot of guys really want to be. And and every franchise wants a Walter Payton. He handled himself with such class and dignity and uh, he was always doing the right thing and and um, he made fans feel like um, uh, a million bucks. He, he was just a great guy and he was tough. Nobody outworked him. I mean, there are so many great things to say about him. Family man, uh, businessman, and um, just, uh, just a tremendous example.
5: Now, he wasn't just a great football player and a great guy off the field. Uh, he was a great prankster as well. Uh, tell us a little bit of story or tell us a story about kind of what happened with the heat bomb at the Pro Bowl practice.
8: Oh, man. Why do I have to go to that one? Uh, he never admitted he did it, <laughs> uh, but I knew he did. And, and he knew that when when I felt that, uh, you know, first of all, I'm, that was my first time going to the Pro Bowl. And and I didn't know that, you know, that was the initiation. Uh, but I'm outside and, and man, I'm, I'm like, woo, I'm I'm on fire. And uh that jock strap, I said, what the heck is, you know, what, what's up with that? <laughs> and uh, I noticed Walter and some of the other guys over there snickering and, and laughing and I'm I'm like, wait a minute, what what's going on here? And um I, I was I was in tears, man. It was it was really hot and I, I thought I had something. I thought something was up. I'm like, oh, oh, what, what's going on? But uh, you know, I asked him later, so, Walter, did you do that? No, Mike, I, I would never do that. You know you're lying. I know you're lying. But uh, it was uh, <laughs> an interesting moment, I'm telling you.
7: Mike, tough to transition off that, but I'm going to try. It's a new day for the Bears. you got a new head coach, new GM, new look on the roster with Cleo Mack traded to the Chargers. What were your thoughts on the Mack trade? What are your thoughts on the overall current state of the Chicago Bears?
8: Well, I think, uh, first of all, Khalil has uh, been a great player for for a number of years. And to see him go is is tough. I mean, I, I, I don't really understand it, but I, I'm sure they have their reasons for it. Um, you know, maybe he's a guy that, that he wants to rush more, and maybe they're going to play a defense that it calls for him to do some things that that maybe he's not comfortable with. I, I don't know. But um I know he's a great player, and I'm sure that in San Diego, he's going to do a great job. As far as the Bears are concerned, I just think that um, I think they have a solid coach. Um, I've heard a lot of good things about him, and, and hopefully uh, it works out well. I, I know Alan Williams, the defense coordinator, I know he'll do a good job. Uh, I, I worked with him in Minnesota a few years, and, and he's an excellent coach. Uh, really excited about him, and and uh, just hoping that everything comes together, and and uh, you know the offensive line is better and ready to go, and I know defensively they're going to get after it. So uh, excited about what they're going to do.
6: From a legend's mouth to the football god's ears, I'm hoping for that too. Being from Chicago, now uh, speaking of exciting. You're up to something very exciting and intense, as always. That's the word I would associate with Mike Singletary. First, you have some adventures in the jungles of Panama. Can you please tell me about this reality show that you're uh, starring in, that you're participating in? And there's a charity aspect, I understand as well.
8: Yes, uh, Beyond the Edge, Um, CBS, uh, Wednesday night, uh, eight o'clock Central. Cool. Um, Very excited about the show. just, uh, I temporarily lost my mind uh, when they called me about the show my wife said, "I know you're not going to do that show and I thought you know what um, that sounds exciting to me I, I I think it's time for a challenge like this in my life so very thankful I did it not sure if I would do it again but man it it was tough mm-hmm. uh, but it was um, it was good to get back home I'll, I'll put it that way but it, it was really challenging and wow. Who's top?
3: Ah, I can't wait. I bet the Samurai came out again, Mike, and I love you doing it. Not <laughs> yes, just it to did. Light your own fire, but for a charitable reason. Mike, before you go, you did such a hilarious job explaining why you were Samurai Mike. The, your teammates that you've played with I've never seen a, a, a greater collection of nicknames the Samurai Mike and Sweetness and Iron Mike And the Punky QB and Mongo and Mama's Boy Otis And Fast Willie and Gary the Hitman Fence You just kept going and going So indulge us with just a little trip down memory lane I'm going to give you some of the great nicknames To your teammates And just tell us what your favorite memory is of them Let's start off with with an icon William the Refrigerator Perry
6: Oh, yeah.
8: William the Refrigerator Perry. Uh, William always ate by himself. Uh, th- this is a guy, he didn't want to see you. Uh, he didn't want to let you watch him eat. Uh, this, this guy, I'm like, wow. He's a piece of work. Uh, great guy. Just, just a big kid having fun. Reminds you of Brutus on Popeye. But uh, just, just a big bully. <laughs> no one could tell him anything. <laughs> and he knew everything, if, if you ask him. But a uh, great kid. Great kid.
3: Loved him, and he wins the Super Bowl as a rookie. Next, uh, another Hall of Famer, a nickname that is not celebrated as much as it should be, the Colonel Richard Dent.
8: Colonel, uh, Colonel was just—I'm uh, I'm more proud of Colonel than than anyone. He is the guy that came in. I think he's mm-hmm. the seventh round pick out of uh, Tennessee State, and from the day he got there, he was just—he's um, a kid that that working his tail off and. And, uh, you know, Buddy had to teach him a lesson early on, uh, but he got that lesson pretty well and, and um, he, he was off and running. He was just um, a dynamite player and always believed in himself. And uh, that was the thing about him. He always believed in himself. And, and that was great.
3: And of all the players on that Super Bowl XX team, Richard Dent took home the MVP. I think Buddy taught a lot of lessons to a lot of players, Mike. And let's give one more. A very close friend of the show, one of the guys we absolutely love, current head coach of the Washington Commanders, Riverboat Ron Rivera.
8: Riverboat Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera was the guy in the back of the plane, um, playing whatever game they played, Jim Rummy or whatever it was. Um, He was always a, a smart guy, fun and um, just kept everything going. He was, um, he was a prankster himself, but uh, just uh, always had a, a funny line to say, but uh, always worked hard and uh, you knew someday he was gonna be a coach.
3: Mike, this was a treat. You are the classic gentleman. You are intense, but you're also extremely, extremely generous. At least half of our cast here watched you doing LensCrafters commercials in Chicagoland back in the day, through Canton, now to the jungles of Panama. So thank you so much. This was really incredible for us. Thanks, Mike. Thank you.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring,